Hello again for another episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Convos right here at Sapphire 39. Don't forget if you're visiting New York City, you must visit all three Sapphire locations because you can enjoy my wine, Lisa by Lisa Ann, and you can enjoy all the lovely ladies and the food. The, the food. The food thing is real. I'm bringing friends every week that are eating and realizing some great food. So stop by a Sapphire when you're in the city or in Las Vegas. I've been coming up with different topics for when I get time alone with you and just have a solo. And after you write a book, you think everybody read your book. So then you stop telling the stories that you told in your book because you just assume that they're an old story. Then eventually you realize that not everybody has read your book, right? And you realize there's a time frame that so many people don't realize took place if you just came into the sphere of entertainers out of the road now and maybe your first engagement with, with anything adult-related was on the internet. Feature dancing was always a really big thing and going to adult bookstores was the next thing that you did as an entertainer. That's how you'd made money other than shooting movies and since we only shot one movie a month back then, so you'd be on set anywhere from two to four days, since we only shot that few movies, you had to be busy. So you would feature dance two weekends a month, do you know, a bookstore signing, but at that time, budgets were very small. I wasn't popular yet. I had movies out, I had magazines out, wasn't popular enough to get my flights paid. So I was getting like $200 for travel. And that was my $200 like for travel, for driving and a hotel. So I had a friend that used to travel with a band. His name was Sledge and he agreed to go on the road with drive with me. He had already put tours together. If you know about my history, I traveled on the road with my grandparents when I was younger and they had a greeting card business and they would map out these trips and they traveled full time and I would watch them prepare. So it was kind of like in my nature to drive, but driving, it's like living the life of a trucker. You're on the road and these gigs were Monday through Saturday gigs back then because when you are making no money, the clubs will just have you do shows all day so they can have their door raised all day. They just want to make money the whole time you're there and you're costing them so little, but this is how, you know, you're getting in your reps. Like this is like a comedian going out there and doing their thing. And you have all these same obstacles as anyone on the road, flat tires, you know, accidents, things that slow you down in between the fact that normally I would leave the club Saturday night, midnight, and I'd start driving to the next destination. If it was a good gig and we only had to drive five or six hours, we could get in on Sunday, sleep, get ready for the gig on Monday. Of course, was not spending money on good hotels. At that time, $200 for gas and hotels. So I try and split the difference, right? Staying at Red Roof Inns, uh, staying at hotels with outdoor entrances. Leave, I found old road pictures where like, I'm leaving the door open like I'm at a campground or something. Like, just felt so safe. Like, it was just a different time. And this was what I was doing. And Sledge was with me. So it wasn't really that big of a deal. But driving, you really see a lot in the U.S. Like, you're flying everywhere. You miss out on all kinds of little weird things. People cooking food side, roadside food out of like, you know pits and you're like you know what there's people there like everybody's pulled up at locals or this has to be good we should do this or different kind of baked goods you know I've always been a big fan of like pecan pie and shoe fly pie things that you just don't find and if you find them at like a random place you're like this has to be good it's probably made like yesterday super fresh so that experience of driving on the road not only taught me a lot more of the U.S. Uh, it presented a lot more challenges. It was a lot more work. And it was, again, a reminder of how much I wanted to be doing this. When the tours would end, 
we would drive back to Pennsylvania where I left the vehicle where Sledge lived and I would fly back out to California and do my thing. But these were months at a time where you didn't go home. So back then you couldn't bank absolutely everywhere. There were, you know, not really, you're not putting cash into an ATM machine. There was really very limited ways to uh, get money home when you were out of the road. And what I was taught before I went on the road alone, I was on the road with a female review show. And we drove on the road, the Dream Girl Centerfolds. And what these women taught me was we'd go to the post office and buy money orders. You would mail them home. And you'd have stacks of mail with money orders written out to yourself that you would then, one at a time, take you open these all up, take them into the bank. It was the most outrageous until I finally made friends with a bank teller and I would mail them to my bank. Like I learned how to do this before things got convenient. But this was just what you had to do. You had to have a map. You had to know where you were going. You had to be prepared for anything could happen. All of your stuff is with you, you know, in this vehicle. Um, it was nice to be able to have a vehicle because during that time, we did a lot of sightseeing. Uh, went to all the zoos, went to all the national parks, uh, went to anything in any city, went to Graceland multiple times. Uh, there was a span where I just felt like if I was in Memphis, um, it was only right to go and visit Graceland. So multiple times to do the same exhibit. I uh, just had fun doing it, but that's because I had the vehicle and I was so young and I, we really weren't making money, but I was having the time of my life. And I remember when I first got offered to have flights paid, it was going to be one. So I was going to travel alone. And as exciting as that was, I was losing my travel buddy. and wasn't going to have the convenience to have this car to go sightseeing. But I was so glad that I did everything that I did. This little adventure that I took getting into the business has so many layers. And what's different now is what we see on, on the news with OnlyFans and creators and all of these things. But what maybe isn't seen, recognized, or known is what it was like in the early 90s to decide this was what you're going to do and the amount of extra work and layers on each detail of that work were there to show that you like really had to be committed. Mind you, this is the same time that I ran a fan club by mail. So my fans in my database would know where I was feature dancing. I would sell one or two items a month by mail. So then I was getting... 30 to 40 money orders from other people that I had. These little steps, these complexities, make everything that I do now seem so much easier. I look at social, social media as such an instant tool to be able to interact with the globe uh, without having to sit in not open mail, but mail mail and stamp mail and seal envelopes and all of those little steps. So if you look back to think about what it was like, and I really should do a slideshow and go through all of my old photos. I went through a lot of them when I wrote my first book, The Life, and I did put a lot of them in there because they're very funny. I talk about the fact that I traveled with a bong that I called Kareem Abdul-Jabong, and Kareem Abdul-Jabong was as tall as I was. Sledge didn't smoke weed, so he would be the person that would hold the lighter, get the ice for the bong. Everybody on the road smoked out of that bong. We had the greatest time. I left it in San Fran with a DJ when I was done with my last tour driving. Uh, but there were so many things like that 
mentioned some of them and talked about them briefly in my book, but think about what that was like. And this might be a good place for us to get your mailbag questions because I'd love to know what you want to know about that experience because you never knew what you were getting into. You never knew if you were going to make it on time. It was always an adventure. And then you were in the city for six days doing shows sporadically during the day. Like there'd be a noon show and a five show and a 9 p.m. show. And so you'd kind of be on the hook all day, but you'd have just enough of a window in between to be like, let's go to Graceland or let's go for a ferry ride or let's go see this. And so did all the coolest things. And that all was made possible by my decision to take what I knew about being a dancer and working at a club with feature dancers to get myself out to California to make a real life of this and make a real business of this and turn my life into one big, long adventure. An adventure that I'm still living, branching out and doing new things, just like this podcast right here with you. Thanks for joining. Check out all your Sapphire locations. Go to Vegas, check out that one. It's a big boy, you will love it. And I thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify, follow our socials. Another episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Compost.